from Mushroom, this is some of my best work. I'm your host, Jane Rocker. In this episode, Dina Lynch, also known as Jaguar Jones, talks about her song, Astronaut, originally written in 2017, but only released as a song in January 2021. Astronaut came about before Dina was professionally known as Jaguar Jones and the song was originally written as a poem to express her feelings of anxiety. It was secretly released as a B-side track on vinyl. Have a listen. Latched by the hands of gravity, I'm thrown into the space, a wallless universe. My limbs reach for anything, but in this space, there is nothing, nothing. With reworked lyrics, four musical arrangements over four years, it's now out in the world and here recognised as some of her best work. Publicly and personally, there's been a bit going on for Jaguar Jones in 2021. One notable release was her song, Who Died and Made You King, a commentary on the ex-Sony Australia boss, Dennis Handlin. She's also nominated for a Do Good Award as part of the J Awards and will be back at SBS's Eurovision Australia Decides. There's plenty to unpack as Dina opens up about her mental health and the struggles that came with that in turn inspired this song to be more than just a poem but one that she would expand into a track and share with her fans. Plenty to unpack as Dina opens up about her mental health, her process and the multidisciplinary project that is Jaguar Jones. Her latest album is Antihero, out now wherever you get your music. Here we go, Jaguar Jones and some of her best work, Astronaut. I find Astronaut to be like my baby. It is a song that I wrote before I even started the Jaguar Jones project. So it actually started off as a poem and I wrote it as a poem to express my anxiety for the first time, not to anyone else but me. And from there, it kind of just sat in this really sentimental space of honesty and vulnerability that I was too scared to tap into uh, more of. Uh, until I guess a year later I decided to write that into a song and then again put it aside. And so tell me, I mean, in terms of you writing poems or poetry, is that something you've done for a while? Is that how the songs often become songs? Not at all. It really is not a process that I usually do. I have done it like a few times but not really anything substantial. This is basically one of the only ones. It's April 2017 when you've written this poem. For those listening, give us a bit of an idea of of where you were at. I was at the start of my mental health journey. I had just been diagnosed for the fourth time that I have CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And the reason why I was diagnosed with it for the fourth time was because I was in so much denial about having it. Like I just thought, it was unbelievable that I could have it because I only knew PTSD to be something that 
you know, war veterans had. It wasn't as spoken of in my world then. And I think from there, it started this journey of pulling at the threads of this chaotic yarn ball that I had in my brain. And the poem was my first step in starting to make sense of it and accept that information and start my journey of discovery and recovery. And it's interesting to hear you say it was the fourth time that you had that diagnosis. What clicked for you then to accept what you were hearing? I think each time I got the diagnosis, like it was stepping deeper into my brain and allowing the information to be processed where the symptoms were getting married to what I was struggling with. You know, the symptoms of PTSD were very much connected with what I was struggling with every day, which I thought was normal and thought that everyone went through the same thing. But that was because my like perception and like my reality was so skewed that I thought that was everyone's reality. Tell us then how it goes from a poem and something that you've expressed about how you're feeling to then developing it into a song and why it was important that that next step took place. Because music is my medium. Um, You know, I think the poetry was a baby step for me, but turning it into a song is almost um, part of the therapeutic process for me. It's very difficult to describe what my struggle is like or what anxiety feels like to me, but I feel like um, music is my playground to try and allow others to maybe feel and understand uh, what it can be like for me, Um, which is why it took a really long time for me to release Astronaut 2 because it's really funny that I said that I went through like four diagnoses because Astronaut, the song, also went through four arrangements as well. And it took a long time for me to settle Uh, on one because I was waiting for one to straight away feel like this is it like this is what astronaut deserves yes and for the purpose of some of my best work and delving a little bit deeper into understanding those processes where did you start working on the song was it at home in your bedroom did it get much studio work leading up to what we hear as the final song it actually went on a bit of a journey, to be honest. Um, It started off working on it at home uh, and then I worked on it with my guitarist Um, and then we went on tour to Indonesia and we actually spent some time in an Indonesian studio working on Astronaut as well and then it just uh, was put to rest for a little bit and uh, last year in March, we went to the US and we got stuck in a New York, um, you know, the pandemic. <laughs> we got stuck in New York because of the pandemic. And so we were um, cooped up in our apartment uh, in Manhattan and worked more on the song. And then I went into hospital in Sydney for 40 days because I got um, a positive for COVID and I you know, my health deteriorated a lot. And so I continued working on astronaut while in hospital. Um, And that was when everything, all the pieces of many, many, many years 
landed for me. Uh, Every bit of that process that I just explained still exists in the final arrangement of Astronaut, but I just had to take pieces of each um, process to then weave it into where I was happy with um, and what I thought Astronaut deserved, you know, how it should exist in the audio space. Yeah. Are you able to take me through uh, getting to Indonesia and and what inspired that part of the journey and going there? Um, well, I like I'm of Asian descent. I'm but I'm not Indonesian at all, but I have a close relationship with Asia and Asia is somewhere that is uh almost seems untouched for the, you know, um you know, the the Australian music industry, like it almost seems untouched for us to have, you know, uh, a close relationship with Asia or maybe even just like to be able to tour there often. And it seems so strange because we're basically like neighbours, right? But Asia is a very complicated place with many different markets and it's not just one market uh, that is easy to understand much like, I guess, the UK or the US, it's made up of many, many tiny little markets. But I'm so determined to always try and keep in my mind that Asia is a priority to me because it it, it resonates a lot with me, um, a lot of my culture and a lot of my upbringing and my background. Um, so when we got given an opportunity to perform at the Indonesia like indie music festival they had five shows lined up for us and um it included flights and accommodation I just was like yeah let's do it like you know it wasn't a like it didn't have a lot of money in it it just had the gigs and had the logistics covered but I knew that it would be an experience and you know if I'm not going to be able to be successful as a musician um, then I want to be rich with experiences. So I always try and keep that in mind and let that, you know, make decisions for me sometimes. Wondering when was the first time you performed Astronaut? Was it there in Indonesia that, that you gave it a crack with the audiences? Oh, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, too early. Um, I think the very first time I performed Astronaut was at the very start of Jaguar Jones project. We were doing one of our very first shows in a venue, like a shady venue on the second floor that doesn't even exist anymore in Brisbane. And we just kind of wedged that gig in because we had we had to go to Indonesia. This is a uh, Singapore and Indonesia. This is another round of Asian touring. And we just were like, okay, let's do a Brisbane show because we have to before we go overseas and play internationally. And I decided to throw Astronaut in just as an acoustic track because we didn't have much of a set (laughs) to pad out back then. So I decided to try it out in an intimate space and in a very dark space. I just fully remember the light hitting on my face and it feeling really, really emotional for me. And I'll say that it was the most introverted performance uh, that I gave because I just had my hands over my eyes and kind of created this little safe bubble for me to explore my vulnerability and to be able to give it out 
the song is so loaded with so much in terms of where you were at emotionally, mentally, physically, and it captures a range of scenes too, as you say, from written in Australia, then you have an experience in Indonesia, then you find yourself in New York, but not as you would have liked to have been trapped there, I'm sure, and then in a hospital in Sydney. So such a range of emotions. Did you ever think that maybe this song wasn't going to see the light of day or did it make you even more determined that it had to come out? I never actually thought that Astronaut would be finished or released at all. I just thought it was one of those babies that I cared for, but, you know, you just have to keep them safe at home. Also because I had such a huge sentiment uh, an emotion like tied up in it, I was worried that I'd never land on an arrangement that made me feel ready to share. But I did and it felt so right and it seemed like the perfect glue to tie in the rest of the EP together. And it is a bit of an outlier, but I think that's what I love about it is it's this whole different side of Jaguar Jones that hasn't been put out in the world yet. I'm really glad I did it because, you know, even though we talk about time and the work that went into it across this long breadth of couple of years, my mental health journey was also on the very same path. Like I was a very different person to when I wrote the song to when I was nearly finished recording it and put it out for release. By then, Astronaut took on a whole different meaning of, wow, look where I came from. I used to be so scared of this song and now I'm empowered by this song. Given the climate that we're in now with with the pandemic and, and the change to all of our lives, do you think it's even more timely that you are addressing mental health and, and speaking up and, and saying it's okay that things aren't right in one's world and maybe as an artist it's a safer space to do so now than ever really? Yeah, definitely. It's something that I've been passionate about since I started the Jaguar Jones Project, if not earlier. I have an art project as well called Spectator Jones, which fully just addresses mental health and bringing it to light to destigmatize it. The reason why it took me so long to start my mental health journey and to face reality myself is because my world was so ashamed of it you know the people around me weren't supportive of it there was so much shame so it just made me want to hide 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 and think that there was something wrong with me when in fact it really isn't like our physical health you know is valued and our mental health should be valued in the very same way and accepted in the very same way so I find it important to talk about these things as I become stronger so that someone else who could be in my position where I was at, you know, four years ago can hopefully hear the message and go, there's nothing to be scared of. If anything, it will give you the life that you deserve if you start to face it and equip yourself with the tools and techniques to manage your mental health because we all do have a mental health. And what are some of those techniques? Like how do you best handle an adverse situation or, or a memory or a moment that might be triggering have you found a way to stay on top of that now is that an ongoing discovery do you think yeah I, I can't say that I'm perfect you know there are some days where I've collected way too many triggers in my mental basket and it tips me over and I can't handle myself as well as um, I do on a different day um, but I do have techniques 
that work for me and, and like I don't necessarily want to say everyone needs to try it like my way because we all have different ways that we function but for me there was a huge detachment with my body and so techniques that I use are to come back into my body they're kind of they're called somatic techniques and you know it can be things such as like so simple such as meditating or like tapping on parts of my body and saying you know this is my finger this is my wrist this is my elbow this is my shoulder and it it sounds ridiculous but it works because you know at the time of detaching I'm fully dissociating from my body and it's just to try and come back in and learn that um this is now and what I'm struggling with in my head is back then. Um, and, you know, trauma has a way of collapsing time, but it's to try and remind your body that I understand why you're reacting this way, but this is now and you're safe and you're not in danger and try and see the reality. So you just, you know, implement techniques to try and bring yourself back into that reality. I might go and look around a room and say out loud to myself, like, there is a drawer, you know, in the corner, there is a lampshade in the other corner, the light is on, like, really try to paint the picture of where I'm at so that my past and my trauma and my body isn't taking me to another place. It's really brave to talk about it and acknowledge it. I mean, that's that's a huge plus for, for you and for those that you're sharing the story with as well. And I wonder if you can tell us what it was like growing up, though, in order for you to sort of had this experience very early on in your life that is so full on. And as you say, it's, well, there's a little bit of denial at the beginning because you can't, how can a young person possibly be feeling all these things that you usually associate with someone who's orbited around the sun many more years than, than you had? Do you think that the way you, your learned behaviours came from the way you, you grew up? I don't know. Or did you put a lot of pressure on yourself growing up? Did you have high expectations? Uh, it's, it's totally my upbringing and I had to learn as well to love myself more and to be more gentle with myself because the truth is I've had to rewire my survival strategy, uh, because the survival strategy that I used as a child doesn't work for me anymore as an adult. And so I've had to really work on that and also just thank myself. Like the reason why I have the set of survival strategies that doesn't work for me anymore as an adult is because it really did work for me as a child and it allowed me to survive till today and I'm thankful for younger me uh, for implementing those strategies so that I could survive and get to today. I obviously don't want to take this into a really dark place but I had a really disturbing childhood and I had a very unstable and traumatic childhood and I because because I was that was the only world that I knew. Of course, my head thought that that was normal. Uh, it was only until I started facing things and getting help for things, I realized that my like human rights were like way out of whack, like that I wasn't actually receiving what I deserved. And so that meant that I was brought up with low self-worth and, you know, a lower acceptance of what was acceptable you know like you know like what is what should be a standard for me and what kind of boundaries I were putting I was putting on myself and how I was protecting myself it was I was brought up to be 
a people pleaser and to constantly be a giver and never to be given anything emotionally. And that meant that it continued a cycle of abuse way until my adulthood because what else did I know? You know, it was the only familiar environment and it was what I was told was right and acceptable. And so I had to go on this huge journey of uh, acceptance and acknowledgement and validation of what I've been through and that I actually do have the ability to change my future. Tell me a little bit about this idea of astronaut though. I mean, I guess when we think of an astronaut, they're so far away, but they're in their own orbit and they can't just come back into reality when they want to either. There is a process of trust. So is that analogy something that I'm getting right? I mean, in terms of what astronaut might mean to you? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I like I'm not a space nut in any sense, but I <laughs> I used astronaut as a metaphor to how I felt and I, I kind of weave it into the lyrics and it's like, you know, this vast space of darkness of black and and there's no like sense of anything familiar around you and if you take off your suit you're running out of air and you know you're floating away and you know all those kind of metaphors I was tying into how I felt when I was having an anxiety attack it's it's this kind of suffocation or lostness and I don't know if lost lostness is a word but it is now lostness yeah and this um feeling of helplessness and that you're kind of up against the elements and I guess it kind of related to how I felt you know when I struggle with anxiety and I'm obviously not experienced enough as an astronaut to know what it's actually like but in this poetic way I saw it I honestly think art and music saved my life yeah, that just made me emotional because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have anywhere to place my pain. You know, early on on my journey, I had nowhere safe and no one to go to and I didn't know who I could trust and what was the truth and for some reason I fell into art and music as my safe place to explore and process and understand I'm so grateful for that and so now it's become a passion of mine and a necessity like I didn't grow up doing art and music at all it was so repressed out of me to be able to express myself that none of those things were allowed to be done but now it's like I can't live without it everything I do is you know when I create is with purpose and intention and I just place a bit of myself uh, into each of the things that I create so that I can unload the burden that I had been carrying for my whole life. Can we talk about the video clip as well? I think there's lots to unpack there, but I love that there's a little bit of required stunt training involved. <laughs> it was fun. And that's the other thing, right? Like on the lighter side of art and music, I just get to do some crazy things with, you know, my imagination imagines it and I just get to problem solve to live it. I had this idea in mind of astronaut lingering in space and how was I able to do that? 
well through stunt training and being harnessed up in midair and it was so much fun. <laughs> so take us through when the clip was unfolding and happening and, and who was behind it, who was involved and even what you're wearing. I mean, it's the whole the whole package. We want all the details. So I actually had a training day first. Mainly the training day was to activate my core that has probably been asleep for a lifetime. And this guy is trying to connect me back with my six abs that apparently exists in my body. Because that was the main way you can hold yourself up upright. And if you let go of your core, you just flop upside down in all sorts of ways. It's, it's a very core engaged activity. On this training day, he teaches you how to maneuver the air around you so that you can move in the way that you want to move. And it was such a learning process. It was really cool to connect with my body in that way and to use it in a way that I normally can't do in everyday life. Because, you know, by the end of the day, I was doing like six somersaults in a row effortlessly and they were just like Dina okay you can stop now and I'm just like this is so much fun it was so cool and that was to prep for the shoot day because we didn't really have that much time also to prep for the outfits as well so it was devastating to see my costume maker like make something and then have to cut it up for the wire harness you know, so we had to like adjust things so that the wires were coming out of the sides of the costumes in a kind of seamless way. I had an LED screen behind me set up. I had this idea in mind of creating my kind of own alternate universe and what that alternate universe's space would look like. And so there was like a whole process of creating the graphics on the screen before the filming day as well and that was synced up to the music. I'm thinking as I listen to you talk about I guess mental health, COVID, making the song, all this and and you did a lot of this while you were in a hospital bed like hello that's full on as well and (laughs) I don't know how much you want to sort of delve into that but Looking back at that time and being, I guess, a year and a bit on now, right, from when you were in the hospital, yeah, um, and still to be in this pandemic, just how you feel about life and, and where you're at and are you feeling safe and okay? I have just had to accept a new body um, because after I recovered from COVID, that was 40 days later, that was, you know, about over five weeks in hospital. Um, I also struggled with long COVID symptoms and that was um, shortness of breath and like very, very bad fatigue for, for six months after that. But the truth is I still now struggle with fatigue regularly and I've just had to accept this because otherwise it would just bring me down, right? So I, I I am quite an optimist and I try to take things in an optimistic way uh, whenever I can so that I can trudge on forward. Um, But I just have to prioritize rest and sleep and to listen to my body. Uh, So even when I go on tour now, whenever we can go on tour these days, um, I am so much more in tune with my, what my body needs. And so I, listen to it a lot more. The truth is COVID was a really great wake up call. And that is I was running on burnout and adrenaline for a really long time, which is probably why 
you know, COVID affected me in the way that it did is because I was carrying around a pretty weak body, um, ready for it to receive attacks. And so now I feel like I prioritize my diet more, you know, exercise, my health, my rest. Um, I have better boundaries on how much I give out into the world. I'm still working on it, but like, you know, I'm not afraid as much to say no, my body actually needs rest or no, I'm really tapped out. I can't give any more um, and have more time to myself. It's It's been a blessing in that sense because with that care, that self-care that I'm giving to myself these days, I'm actually able to be a better creative and a better artist. Um, and I, I feel like I'm creating bigger and better things because I'm looking after myself. And just to add to your list of things that you've done for yourself and also helping others sort of see the light in a way too, when you spoke up about you know, your sexual uh, harassment experience and the work that you're doing in that space now. So again, maybe anything that you're happy to say there that comes back to Astronaut that talks about your journey and where that leaves you now in terms of your sense of responsibility or advocacy or speaking up and encouraging others. How do you compartmentalize that demand on you now in a sense? Oh, it's hard. Like I'm definitely exhausted I to be honest like with the podcast like I had a breakdown yesterday because I was trying to push the industry to take responsibility and accountability and I was just being met with roadblocks and you know I I was exhausted because even up until now with everything that I've been able to do and other people have sacrificed to get to this point for the industry like people still don't want to see it and don't get it and you know I I feel like you know everyone is a good person but there are so much there is so much um ignorance and and um unwillingness to make changes and I understand that because that's a human trait of surviving as well is to try and um push past and assume that people are resilient so that they don't have to challenge their own worldviews. It's a hard thing to try and challenge your own worldview and to create change. Um, But to try and push people to do that is a very exhausting thing. And I don't think it's my responsibility at all, but it would weigh heavy on me if I didn't try to do so because Uh, I know what it feels like and I don't want someone to suffer in the same way that I have for a really long time if it means that I just need to put a little effort in or to speak up a little bit more to create a safer place for that person. Um, So that's what carries me along is um, perhaps I guess that hope of change Um, and How that ties into Astronaut for me is when I wrote Astronaut, I was in a very much freeze survival mode. And these days, you know, I still can freeze. I'm still human and I'm still vulnerable and I still carry my past trauma with me and I'm not as strong as I want to be yet. It's still a process of recovery. But these days, 
I am more capable of being in a fight survival mode. And if it means I can be in a fight survival mode for someone who's still in that freeze mode, then I'm willing to do that because I wish someone was willing to do that for me. Dana, it's been so lovely to talk to you and for you to take us through what is an extremely personal story around Astronaut, but we love you for it and thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for digging in with me. Dana Lynch, also known as Jaguar Jones and her song Astronaut, nominated as some of her best work. Check it out now using the link in the episode notes or where you get your music. You can get early and ad-free episodes by becoming a subscriber. Check out the episode notes for more information. In the next episode of Some of My Best Work, George Shepard from the band Shepard. I'm Jane Rocker. Thanks for listening.